0: conductive wire.
1: and you so electric I had no say when you came so near and just pass right through me hey everyone welcome to Geekdom is back as is Mitchell McDonald today we are talking about the first two Paddington movies which are the only two we have at the moment but we've heard there might be a third one on the way depending on how movies end up happening in the future but Mitchell how are you doing today
0: I'm doing just peachy. I have no idea what day it is. Everything's closed again. Still, I don't go outside. I'm excited to talk about the bear.
1: That about sums everything up on my end, too. What is the outdoors? Only Paddington knows.
0: I mean, you have weather, so that's something. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How are people going to listen to this? How, who is going to want, who wants to hear me talk after nine months of just brain rot? I I am so sorry, guys, already. I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Well, before we dive into the movies, I wanted to ask you specifically how you knew about Paddington because Paddington is obviously like this children's book and I never had it as a kid. So when these movies came out, it wasn't something that instantly got my attention in the same way that something like, you know, a Scooby-Doo movie or detective Pikachu did. So for you, what led you to these movies basically?
0: Uh, Okay. So I didn't, so I saw Paddington two first I did not see uh, Paddington when it was in theaters. I remember when it came out, I remember thinking, oh, that looks cute. I am a young adult. I don't know that I need to watch that, even though it looks cute. It looks very, like, for kids and, like, you know, the type of, like, cartoony kind of antics. Also, it was kind of that era of a lot of... CGI animal paired with live-action human man go on journey type movies that are kind of a dime a dozen at that point, you know Um, And still are Uh, I know you did the Sonic the Hedgehog episode with our friend Becky. So those are still happening Um, But anyways, so back in uh, uh, 2018 I think uh, there was a wonderful that was when we were living in a golden age called, uh, movie pass was a thing (laughs) that was happening and, uh, movie pass. I was an early adopter of movie pass. And, um, uh, allowed me to go to lots of movies that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise, uh, spent money on. So one day my friend Kelly, uh, friend of the pod but not not yet a guest but uh my friend kelly uh was like mitchell we gotta go see uh paddington 2 and i was like i didn't see the first one she's like no no it's gonna be it's gonna be great we gotta go see it and i was like okay i've heard lots of critics saying that this movie is really good even though i don't know the character at all i'm not familiar with it and we go to this movie we show up like five minutes late so i didn't see like the first couple minutes of paddington 2 where he's like on the river i didn't see that part but not even by the end. By like, we'll talk about this. But one of my, the, one of my favorite sequences in any movie ever now is the pop up book scene in, uh, in Paddington Two. By that sequence, I was like, I am all in. I am completely in on this movie. And then I just remember us being like so emotional at the end of Paddington Two because there's something very emotional happens that is, uh, that really. Uh, tugs at the heartstrings and is just a beautiful sweet uh movie but yeah i just so from then on it kind of became this thing that i showed all of my friends i was like you guys paddington paddington 2 is is the, is the movie you guys gotta get in on this and it did they did it became like a, a not necessarily like a running joke but it was like a genuine love that me and my friend group have embraced so much so that he became like my default like reaction. I bought the stickers. I was reacting to texts with those. I was put, putting. It's all I talk about on Twitter for a while. He's he's just a nice bear. Um, we had a, our bar tri, Our bar trivia team: me, uh, Mick, and Nick Ball, also uh, guest and future guest. Nick Ball. Uh, we're on a trivia team called Paddington Kills. Because at one point there was some article that called Paddington Two, Paddington Kills. I think they mixed it up with the sequel to the movie Machete, which is called Machete Kills, is what we think happened. But yeah, our our trivia team was called Paddington Kills, and we were really good. And uh, it was that. So that just became it. it Just became this this great love and this just joy thing of joy in a rather not great, uh, time for everybody. And I have now watched both Paddington movies multiple times each in, in quarantine. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they're just really wonderful movies for children of all ages. Uh, I do, Paddington 2 has become just one, I I think it's one of the the best movies, period. It's one of my favorites.
1: I will admit you told me to watch these movies quite a while ago and I kept, Putting it off, simply because I just had a million other things to watch. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm taking a break in between lost seasons. I have some time to watch (laughs) stuff over the weekend. So I watched one one night and the other the next day. So getting to experience them that close together instead of having to wait, you know, in between movies like most people do when they first release, I think was a treat because it was almost like watching a little TV mini series or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like you get one half one night and the other half the next night. So yeah, it's nice. that was fun. And, you know, I think we can dive into the first movie here because you mentioned Tragic Event, which is what we essentially start off with. You know, you have these bears living in peru paddington not named paddington just yet and no he's named (laughs) there's this earthquake which as people from california you and i can relate to and it just destroys their home and forces them to seek shelter but his uncle isn't able to make it to the shelter and then his aunt goes on to go to this bear retirement home. I'm not 100% sure where it is, but Paddington makes his way to London.
0: Yes. Uh Aunt Lucy and Uncle Pastuzzo uh have Paddington and they can all talk because they met this hunter and um but yeah, their their home is destroyed in a natural disaster, an earthquake and uh Uncle Pestuzo does not make it. And then uh, Aunt Lucy goes to the home for retired bears. And she says Paddington has to go to London and try to find the explorer who met with them because he said there would be a home for him in London. So it's kind of not to just not to already uh, just like, deciphered these movies too much because they're not that deep mm-hmm. but it's definitely kind of like an immigrant type story yes and it's about finding a home and finding a new family and there are lots of parts that you could sort of read as being like accepting of people coming from other places to live where you are and some stuff that you could read like that but anyways yeah he goes to london and he is sitting in Paddington Station and that is where he meets the Browns, the family that he uh, will spend most of the movie with.
1: Yeah. and I thought the family dynamic was very fun when we first see them because you have this family with the father who's kind of in a hurry and just wants to get out of the subway station. and he's like, There's a bear. Don't look. Keep going. And his wife (laughs) then backtracks and goes to the bear and sees, you know, like the little note around his neck. And she's like, Oh, okay. What's your name? And starts asking all these questions. And you can see the dad getting frustrated. And Mm -hmm. you know what's going to happen. You know, she's going to be like, Oh, well, why don't you come with us? And, you know, the son is excited about it. The daughter could not care at all. And I thought that was just really fun how when we meet them, you instantly get a feel for their personalities. And then you get to watch over even just the course of this movie, how that changes.
0: Yeah, they definitely have a very every like these are kids' movies, but I think that when you really look at them and how they're how well how much uh, detail and thought is put into the the script, the screenplay, the the characters the acting it, I, I I feel like all of them are doing. A really good job because i feel like every character kind of has a little arc i feel like the the arcs are more obvious in the second movie and they're more like set up and and knocked down in a way that is a little bit more satisfying in the second movie but the in the first one they do as well and uh hugh bonneville plays uh mr brown and uh sally hawkins plays mrs brown and they are very cute together and it's kind of the main arc of the movie is kind of the the like dad doesn't want the puppy, but f- loves the puppy more than anybody kind of story. You know how that yeah. goes in real life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Browns are the Browns are all we, we love them. And they kind of realize the, the, the plot of the movie is kind of them realizing that they need Paddington as much as he needs them, sort of.
1: Yeah. And. On another note with the cast, you have Nicole Kidman playing your antagonist.
0: Yes, I okay, so my two so I think I love both of these movies. I think Paddington the first one is a little bit weaker because I feel like the element of how they treat him being a bear is kind of sometimes people are like, "Oh, that's weird a bear," but they're never like, "Oh my god, a bear." It's just like, "Oh, that's kind of strange." It's like so it's kind of it's cute and it's funny, but it's it's kind of like unevenly. I I feel like they they don't quite stick that uh what what level of reaction people are supposed to have to him uh-huh. in the first movie, and I also I feel like Nicole Kidman's character slash performance it feels like it's from a little bit of a. Different movie, and we can talk more about that. I think she's good in it. I think she's fun, and I think
1: it's definitely campy, though. She
0: feels a little too like evil for me in in this movie. I I, I think it's great, and I still love this movie. It's one of my favorites, but I do feel like she goes a little too. She she kills a guy in the middle of this movie. Is <laughs> really what I'm dancing around here.
1: Yeah, and it was funny because <laughs> I had just watched. The Undoing recently which uh-huh. stars her and yep. Hugh Grant who then yep. is in Paddington too. And I was just mm-hmm. like I did not plan my week to be like this, but here <laughs> we are.
0: Oh you d- oh you d- this was all unplanned. You just were like, "Oh, I'm just going to watch all these together."
1: Well, you know, I had finished The Undoing earlier in the week cuz the finale had aired on Sunday mm. or something like that. And then I watched these movies the following weekend.
0: Well, maybe you were just like, Oh, well, I just watched The Undoing. Now I need to watch Hugh Grant's greatest performance. which is <laughs> two.
1: And the fact that they both played the villains in each movie, I just thought was really funny, because it's just one of those things where I was like, I did not plan this, but it worked out really, really well. And it was pretty funny. And I do agree with you that there was something a little off with the character, not necessarily her performance yeah. of the character. It was yeah, just it kind of how quite fit the character was written.
0: Yeah. It doesn't a hundred percent like fit as but I feel like in the second one, Hugh Grant really like it's it's a perfect it's a perfect fit for what he's doing in that movie. It rocks. We'll get to that.
1: Yeah, because the sort of twist that we find out is that she is the daughter of the explorer who found Paddington his uncle and his aunt
0: yes spoiler spoilers for for Paddington Uh, spoilers (laughs) for a six year old children's movie that has no stakes um (laughs) but yes you do find out that she is the daughter of the explorer and her father was struck from the the Guild of Explorers because he didn't bring back uh, a, a specimen of these talking bears, so she has this grudge against Paddington and needs to uh, kill and stuff him, which I feel like is a little bit a little bit harsh. So she so she's pulling cartoony antics, trying to get Paddington, uh, trying to find him, and then chasing him around in the the third act of this movie. I feel like this movie is really, it's really lighthearted. It's very fun. It moves at a very brisk pace. I feel like it is more so than the second one. The first one is really reliant on these uh kind of, not long, but like these scenes of Paddington alone where he has trouble navigating the world that he is not familiar with, whether it is- Like the
1: bathroom scene?
0: Yes, there's a scene (laughs) where he is in the bathroom and he- Sticks the toothbrushes in his ears. He uh, drinks a whole thing of mouthwash. He gets stuck in the toilet, and then eventually, is floods the bathroom. It's so it's these these like kind of Chaplin esque, like Charlie Chaplin esque uh, comedy sequences where he things go from bad to worse because he is unfamiliar with how a situation works, and I feel like there are several of those in uh this movie that's kind of what it like the thing you come for and they are very good and very funny and i love the way that they escalate i love in that bathroom scene like things go so crazy so quickly there it goes from him like flood flooding it to he's fighting uh the shower head with the toilet brush uh, and there's just so many tiny, just micro, uh, scenes that happen in this one scene that really build to this wacky conclusion where he uh, floods their house, and then I, there's also a, a lot of a lot of other antics. He gets there's a scene where Nicole Kidman's trying to break into the house, and he gets wrapped in tape when he's trying to tape something, and he is <laughs> sealed in tape, and she blows up their kitchen basically um yeah there there are quite a few of those scenes and they are they're very good they're kind of the I would say the main selling point of that film I feel like the second one has a little bit more to offer than just those although it does have a couple of those which are also very good
1: yeah plus like you said the pacing is so good especially with this first movie coming in at I think it was like an hour and 35 minutes. It was shorter than I expected it to be, because I know a lot of movies that involve animation tend to be a little shorter just because of how extensive working on animation is. And it's a very, very long process. But because this is a combination of both, I was like, oh, is this going to be something that kind of overextends its stay? Like a lot of semi-recent movies have done sure but it didn't so that was good
0: no yeah i i think these movies are they've put a lot they put like a surprising amount of effort into making sure that everything that's set up in the first act really gets paid off like everything every Mm -hmm. tiny thing whether it's jokes or throwaway lines sometimes or each character's sort of mini arc that they're going through Um, I think that these are really well made and just exemplary, like film, like kind of like film 101, like how you should, (laughs) how you should make your movie. Uh, (laughs) they are, uh, written and they're both written and directed by Paul King, uh, who was, uh, I think he, his main other thing that he's done is the TV show, the mighty boosh, which is an English show that I actually haven't watched before, but I know it has, there's a lot of fans of it. But uh, yeah, he wrote and directed both of these films. And I think he did. I don't think he's doing the third one, which is interesting. I know they're developing a third one, but I don't think that he's directing it. He might, I don't know what his involvement will be with it. I'm pretty sure that he is doing, I want to say, I think he's doing Willy Wonka is what I think he's doing, but I'm not positive. He may not be working. I, th- I think he's doing a Willy Wonka type thing but i'm not sure anyways um but yeah these i i really the first one is very sweet and gives you a great introduction and how kind of the origin of how paddington comes to london because i think in the books he is known to be from darkest peru lives in london has the hat has the coat um they're based on children's books from i'm not sure what like era they're from but he if you if you know tweeted us um (laughs) uh but yeah i I, you did you did say that a lot of people had him like growing up but i had i all my familiarity and interactions with paddington have been as a full adult same (laughs) so so. (laughs) and i love him more than probably a lot of people who loved him as a child so
1: anyways uh. (laughs) one character we haven't talked about yet is mrs bird who I wouldn't say is sort of the quiet surprise here, because she can be a pretty loud character, you you know, when she is needed, but you don't see her at the beginning with the rest of the family. So she kind of comes in later and you're like, oh, who's this older woman just in the house in the kitchen all of a sudden (laughs) yeah they they
0: just have a they just have a a lady an older an older lady who just lives in their house it isn't really specified what her relation is to the family it's like she's their grandma but she's also not and she's scott scottish i think and she's delightful.
1: They did imply that she knew the dad as a boy when she gives Paddington the jacket though.
0: Yes, that is true. Wow, we should really we should really get it. We should really have done a research here and gotten into this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who is Mrs. Bird? Yeah, the
0: the yeah, Paddington start he he gets the hat. His hat is from Uncle Pastuzo. It was his hat originally from the explorer and then um, He gets the the coat was handed down through every member of the family to him eventually. And that's how he gets his very iconic uh, hat and coat. He's also Paddington's design in these movies is great because he's like a CGI bear who's like three and a half feet tall. And but he his character is like the perfect amount of cartoony and natural, like he looks very at home in this world that they create for him. The world is very bright and colorful and uh like clean that they make for him in this London, specifically Windsor Gardens, which is where the family lives. But uh yeah, he he I, I do really feel and they make his face very expressive and he's very cute and sweet and kind of has puppy dog eyes, but kind of has kid eyes. He's kind of that like spongebob kind of age where he's like a little boy but also kind of an adult yeah. too, <laughs> and also kind of dumb but also very sweet and also capable it's kind of like your ideal kind of cartoon character is kind of he can be very intelligent or not intelligent when whenever the plot calls for it uh i think after seeing paddington i told my friends that he is a superhero um his superpower is friendship and his weakness is everything
1: yeah <laughs> that's pretty and that's, accurate and to yeah. do some live follow-up research here according to the paddington bear wiki mrs bird is immortal oh
0: that you know that and actually a relative oh wow Wow, okay, so there is there are magical forces at play here.
1: Yeah, cuz she has her, you know, clairvoyant knees that
0: she, tell you she what the, the weather is going to be like. That's that's all. This is canon. <laughs> this is canon, you guys. Mrs. is bird immortal can predict the weather. Uh Paddington can definitely talk. It's all it's all there, you guys.
1: It's all real. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Also in this movie, uh Doctor Who, uh simps for Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yes.
1: What's so his name? Kinda, Peter Capaldi. Yes,
0: he he ha, he meets Nicole Kidman and decides to help her uh, because he is he doesn't like that there are bears in the neighborhood and thinks that they're dirty and that they will lead to all kinds of all kinds of bad stuff happening in the neighborhood and that's kind of where the immigrant story sort of comes into play.
1: He's the racist. Yeah, yeah.
0: For he's he's kids' movie racist. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> he's the character the adults will understand.
0: <laughs> he also just has a. A disgusting house in this movie he's their next door neighbor and he just has a a, a horrifying looking house that is gross yeah uh anyways, house. but yeah it's uh do we have anything else that we want to say on on paddington you enjoyed you enjoyed the first one i guess you enjoyed it enough to want to talk to me about it and to watch the second one
1: yeah i think these movies are both really charming and the first one does a very good job of setting that up because at the end of it it's kind of you know left open-ended for a sequel but you don't really know where the sequel is going to go and I like when you can't necessarily predict those things maybe for people who had read the books or something they might have known but I can't imagine too many children necessarily remembering how stories fully played out because
0: hang on Deanna did you not Deanna, Did you not watch till the end of the credits? I did. Oh, okay. So so you're forgetting the scene where Nick Fury shows up and tries says Patty tells Paddington he's got to join the Bear Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's 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 really at the the credits are really long in that movie and it's kind of way at the end so you may have forgotten, but uh that that does that does take place and uh I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> um no i mean yeah it it doesn't <laughs> there's no obvious setups for a sequel and or our franchise or whatever in these movies i think it was just a decent sized hit and i it, yeah they already did a lot of the cgi and stuff and obviously uh the second one they must they really got onto something when they made it because they decided to send him where it goes is where it, go, it goes to prison is where it goes. <laughs> He goes to jail um, in Paddington, yeah. he, Paddington Paddington 2 is Paddington goes to jail. It's like, okay, he's happy with his family. He's got to go to jail. Yeah.
1: Kinda- I want to make one quick note, too, on the first one before we dive into Paddington goes to prison. The budget for this was about, I want to say, $54 million, if this is correct, with the pounds okay. because this was, you know, a British production, UK production, sure. and it made $282 million at the box office. So to say yeah. the first one was successful is maybe an understatement because that's a lot of money for it's a kid's good, yeah. movie with a character that hadn't really been around for a while, from what I could tell. You know, maybe they're still publishing the kids' books. I have no idea, but... According to this,
0: Paddington has been around since the 1950s and has had multiple uh, millions of copies of books sold and also multiple television shows. So what do we know? (laughs) So I guess there was a market for it. I mean, you never know when you adapt a book, like if it's going to be, especially a a kids' movie, you never know, but these are wonderful. Anyways.
1: (laughs) That's fair. Like I said, I know nothing about Paddington other than these movies. Yeah, And you know, this movie didn't turn out to be as terrifying as something like The Cat in the Hat from 2003.
0: Yeah, that that, it's good they waited, probably.
1: Because that movie did not do well, if I'm not mistaken. It had a much higher budget. I think the budget was double what Paddington's was. And it only made 25 million more than the budget
0: yeah there was a while there where cgi just wasn't uh ready to do a lot of stuff and there was just i feel like like the late mid to late 90s early 2000s the aesthetic was just so ugly like that movie and i'm thinking of when the grinch stole christmas the jim carrey version are just two of the ugliest looking movies i've ever ever seen like I kind (laughs) of like the Grinch movie I don't think it's bad I think it's pretty funny I like Jim Carrey
1: I think that's become like a sort of cult classic for the holidays
0: yeah I think I think it is a movie that you watch on Christmas but it is ugly it is not good to look at it is a very (laughs) not good looking movie (laughs) and I mean that's sometimes that works and that's fine but it just I yeah it's that's an ugly movie and these movies are very nice looking and we love them
1: Uh. (laughs) yeah well time for paddington goes to prison also known as paddington 2 because they obviously couldn't title it that and give everything away
0: Uh, i think maybe it was called that in like russia (laughs) i think it might have been called that there in the the translation i think was maybe they just went for it yeah maybe maybe it might have been that there i'm not i'm not positive uh i haven't watched that version (laughs) of the movie but uh Pengton goes to the gulag. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, the second movie is, yeah, it's got most of the cast returns, except uh, Nicole Kidman is replaced by, uh, as, as we said earlier, Hugh Grant, uh, playing Phoenix Buchanan, the villain of the film.
1: And not necessarily replaced. They just went with another yeah, villain.
0: Um, and also, uh, Brendan Gleeson plays uh, Chef Knuckles McGinty yeah at at the he's the chef of of the prison that paddington goes to and helps uh reform paddington reforms so paddington is in this movie is uh trying to buy his aunt lucy a birthday present um and gets his eye his, uh this pop-up book in the antique shop catches his eye and there is this absolutely wonderful sequence where it's sort of like a CG. It's like a CGI sequence where it transports us into this pop-up book. Popping book, as they call it in the movie. Um, and it's him giving Aunt Lucy a tour of London. And the the pages are like folding in on themselves. And they're like running through these paper characters. And everything, like p- people and cars are zipping by. And it's just like, it makes me... It is one of my favorite sequences in any movie. And it makes me full of just joy and happiness and warmth and kind of brings tears to my eyes like honestly, like completely honestly whenever I watch this movie. And it's so early. It's like maybe 10 minutes in, maybe not even it's like five or 10 minutes into this movie that the sequence happens. And every time I'm not expecting it. And it just it just gets me, man. What what did what do you think?
1: Mitchell, you know, I have to make all of the Stephen King comparisons that I can because I also host a Stephen King podcast. So Brendan Gleeson is in the Mr. Mercedes TV series. He is the main character of the series, which is, you know, he's also the main character in the Stephen King books. So I just wanted to point that out. And, you know, it's funny, we have quite a few Harry Potter connections too, because he played Mad-Eye. And Aunt Lucy is voiced by Imelda Staunton, who was one of the professors whose name I am blanking on Professor Umbridge, I believe.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I did not recognize her because she is a bear. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. uh, Okay. Yeah. I, I, I recognize this person. Yeah. She is. She's, she's Professor Umbridge. I remember. Yeah. We hate her. (laughs) (laughs) her But yeah, that sequence is wonderful. But then Hugh Grant's character, Phoenix Buchanan needs the book and steals it because there are clues in the book. It's very complicated so that he can go on this treasure hunt to find this uh, secret fortune uh, that was stolen from his family. Mm -hmm.
1: Wasn't the fortune the fortune tellers?
0: Yes, it was the fortune tellers and his dad tried to steal it. So we're really getting into this. It was the fortune tellers. (laughs) His dad tried to steal it. He didn't successfully steal it but he's trying to finish what his father started so that he doesn't have to make uh dog food commercials anymore where he has to just dress up like a a dog and eat dog food um because his 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 acting career he's sort of washed up um so he but he does had just this insane performance where he is sometimes monologuing to himself and all his other characters that he's played on the stage and screen there are sequences where he uh is dressing up and disguising himself as other uh, characters so that he can find these clues in various uh picturesque locations around london and uh, paddington gets framed for stealing the pop-up book goes to prison First, it seems like he's not going to fit in. He inadvertently dies. Everyone's prison uniforms pink. <laughs> Gets in a fight with with Brendan Gleason as the chef who he says his food is disgusting. And then when he's about to get pummeled by uh by by Chef Knuckles, uh he as a defense mechanism shoves a we haven't even talked about marmalade up until now. But Mar- Paddington always has a marmalade sandwich and he's obsessed with marmalade. And he always eats, it's all he eats. And so he inadvertently throws a marmalade sandwich into into um, Knuckles McGinty's mouth and Knuckles is enraptured by it and says, hey, we have to we have to serve this. And then they strike up a friendship and they basically reform the prison and make it a very beautiful and kind and sweet place for friendship and reform and there are bedtime stories and there are cakes and dancing and flowers and it's very sweet also paddington is followed around by a calypso band that uh that uh in in the sequence in the film and in sequences in the first film uh it sort of gives you his his internal monologue or hit where where he's at in the film and they they uh, help <laughs> to to punctuate that sequence as well in the movie. Um, yeah do you do you have any do you have any uh, other other thought? Uh, basically, Paddington escapes from prison. They break out of jail, and uh, it it leads to this confrontation on a train with the Browns.
1: Let's backtrack a little and focus on how he and knuckles basically became good enough friends for knuckles to basically be like hey paddington we're going to escape Mm -hmm. you want to join we need a fourth person Mm -hmm. and i think they do a lot of build up with their relationship because when he goes to have Paddington make the marmalade. He's reluctant to help. And then <laughs> Paddington just annoys him so much mm-hmm. to the point where he is just like, "Okay, I just need to help this little bear because otherwise he is going to take a million years to do this because he basically went to pull down, you know, the sacks and there were so many of them that they just all came tumbling down and Knuckles was like, take one at a time and he was literally taking one piece of fruit at a time one orange instead of one entire sack so he's you know walking back and forth with one orange every time (laughs) and you're just kind of like oh my goodness you know yeah he's not the smartest bear out there but you know he he's trying Mitchell and (laughs) I think that's what counts and from there you see the two of them getting along better and better and you even have the visitation scene where Uh, the family comes to visit and Paddington brings all his friends and you have Mr. Brown who thinks he has muted himself but he turned the light off instead
0: Yes, and (laughs) And he starts talking about
1: the prisoners and they're just like you know we can still hear you right you turn the light off and it's just something that is so easy to understand how it could happen, but yet it's still so funny.
0: My, I really like in that scene, my favorite thing is to watch the expressions of the prisoners as he shit talks them <laughs> to their faces. I, I really, the, the acting that's happening with that entire ensemble is just really, all the comedic timing and performances in these movies are so sharp. Like, I feel like pretty much every joke lands. Yeah, they They are so funny. Like, they're not just, like, for kids funny. They're for adults funny. Like, I think it is
1: funny. I found myself laughing very hard at things that probably shouldn't have been as funny as they were. But because of the timing, I just could not stop laughing. Because, you know, if we fast forward a little to The Escape, you have... The three guys, one of them being Knuckles, and I'm blanking on the other two characters' names right now. But they basically get this plane that they're going to flee the country on. And Paddington is like, oh, you're not going to help me clear my name. So he feels very betrayed in this moment. And the Mm -hmm. criminals are just kind of like, well, you know we're gonna just go with Knuckles because he's Knuckles. (laughs) And, you know, he's kind of like this big intimidating guy. And it isn't until later when Paddington is on the train trying to get the pop-up book. And you see how things kind of change for Knuckles. And they do end up going back and helping Paddington because they kind of get this feeling that he's going to be in trouble. You can tell, you know, he's not the most... Street smart.
0: Yeah. Safe, safe bet there for sure.
1: And everything that happens with the train scene, it's not even just one scene. It's like the whole segment of the movie. It's
0: the, it's like the, it's the third act. Yeah. Yeah. This, this train sequence.
1: You have, you know, Jonathan.
0: Uh, Jonathan's arc in the movie is that he, uh, he really likes trains, but trains aren't cool for kids, so he's reinventing rein- himself as, like, J-dog. a... J-Dog. Uh, yeah, as, like, a, 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 I don't even know what to, what like, a hip, like, a very hip, uh, like, EDM sort of kid, I guess, would be what it, what it is. Yeah. So he wears, like, the, the big, like, a big neon hoodie and, like, a big, big uh, snapback. And uh, yes, but uh, he helps them like basically hotwire the train <laughs> so that they can chase uh, Hugh Grant's character who is on the train trying to get the treasure. And then you have Mr. Brown. He's going through his arc in the movie is that he's going through a midlife crisis. Yeah. And uh, he he does yoga and he's trying to recapture a certain part of himself that has sort of died <laughs> And he is able to do the splits at one point, and he also is able to uh, regain his youthful prowess of being somebody who can throw balls at a carnival really well. He's trying to
1: relive his glory days.
0: Yeah, he does that. Mrs. Brown is a swimmer, and she swims down to save Paddington from a watery grave.
1: And they set all of this stuff up they set very all of this well, very early. In the because movie. Um, it happens so early that you kind of forget about her whole, you know, swim to France thing. And then as soon as she hits the bridge that she's going to jump off of into the water, you're like, oh yeah, you know, they're circling back to this thing that they briefly mentioned in passing <laughs> earlier on, and the way that they tie all of those things together exactly the right time is i think what kind of puts the second movie over the first one
0: yeah i think that plus the hugh grant performance for me is 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 really what his
1: is campy but the character is the kind of character that it makes perfect sense for he's this performer he's you know part of the I guess you wouldn't call it the circus, but, you know, they're at the fairgrounds and he's putting on a show. And so for his personality to kind of remain the same on stage and off, that felt a little more believable than I think what we saw with Millicent in the first movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nicole Kidman's character is a little bit more evil, I want to say. Yeah. It's like you were a
1: little girl when this happened and you just want revenge on a bear.
0: Like, yeah, it's, it's a, a little, little. It's a little more far fetched. Yeah. I mean, Hugh Grant's character. It's not that he's like grounded no, or anything, no, no. but I mean, you totally get him as like this self obsessed, washed up. His motivations make more sense. Who's yeah, his motivations make more sense, and just the performance is so funny and sharp and uh dynamic it's i i truly think he should have gotten an oscar nom won an oscar for that role i know that it the movie can kind of came out at like a time where it was sort of out of oscar winning but it's true i it's one of my favorite uh supporting actor performances of all time uh i think and uh yeah it just i the movie it, it's like i said it's like screenwriting 101 is how everything that is set up very early and kind of written off is comes back, and every character has like a tiny arc, and every character has this happy ending where they are fulfilled. Even even Hugh Grant's character goes gets caught and goes to jail, but then the the credit sequence is him performing this huge blowout, wonderful uh, dance number at the prison. And just having a grand old time there, so it, uh, yeah, it really, it's, it's just a, it's just a lovely movie. It's one of my favorite comfort watches. It always makes me laugh. It always brings just abject, unadulterated joy and and happiness to me. And just Paddington is really just a character. Uh, his mantra is, "If you're kind and polite, then the world will be right." And I think that that is a very English but a very, uh, sweet, uh, thing to have and to just have in the back of your mind. And I think we could all use a little bit more of that, especially when, uh, we live in hell (laughs) and, uh, the world is actively capsizing around us. And, uh, yeah, I I think people could afford to be a little bit, uh, kinder and more polite to each other and thoughtful and I just... Uh, maybe maybe I'm out on a limb here.
1: Everyone needs to watch Paddington and everything will be OK. Yeah, it,
0: uh, you do. I, I do think that they are movies that even if you're like, oh, that's for kids, that's dumb, that's, that's goofy. I don't I don't think this is going to be for me. I, I. I think everyone would at least think that they're nice and cute. And I think there are. You could do a lot worse with your hour and a half, your hour and 45 minutes than uh, than watching these movies.
1: Yeah, because they didn't make the second movie too much longer. It's about 10 minutes longer, I want to say. And you have so many more comedic moments in this one, I feel like. Because a lot of it is the setup for Paddington and him getting to the Browns' home. And, you know, you probably have a good 15 to 20 minutes of that stuff where he's just trying to get settled in but here he's comfortable he you know can go to the antique store by himself and look for a gift for his aunt lucy and you have you know mrs brown breaking into phoenix's house and her husband coming over (laughs) in his robe basically (laughs) and then you have phoenix coming home and you have that whole thing that is just so comedic and there's Not only just, you know, jokes being said, but there's quite a bit of physical comedy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you have one particular moment on the train where Phoenix does know Mrs. Bird's name. And you kind of have this standoff between the two of them, and he grabs, you know, like this sort of long sword off of the wall, and she grabs this gun, and he's like, oh, that only shoots darts. And so she shoots it to make sure, and it just like sticks to his forehead, because it's not like a (laughs) dart dart, it's like a dart with a rubber end on it. Mm -hmm. And even though he tells you it's coming, basically, it was one of those moments that I just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs)
0: yeah there's there's a lot of there's so many good bits in this movie man it's it's so good it, I, the the sequence where paddington is sort of in a fight with knuckles or he's about to be and the the warden is like on the phone and he's like calling the infirmary he's like send a nurse and then as it gets worse he's like you better call a priest actually yeah. <laughs> Uh, There's also the two visual, uh, physical comedy sequences, one where Paddington is, uh, he gets a job as a, uh, as a a haircutters at a barbershop, he's a barber's assistant, Mm -hmm. and that is another one of those sequences where things just go insanely badly (laughs) for him, he ends up shaving a man's, uh, shaving a streak down a, a, a judge's, he shaves a judge's head, sticks marmalade to it. Uh, ties them
1: up. The same judge who oversees his case. <laughs>
0: yes. See, everything is connected in this movie. It's very tight.
1: And he was on the train. It's great.
0: And he's then on the train. It's very, It's. it comes back three. The, so he sets himself up for failure very early on in the movie by screwing up <laughs> yeah. this judge's hair, who, who then is the judge that senses him to prison and then ends up being the judge that's also on the train later. And then there's also a wonderful sequence where he uh, is washing the windows of his neighborhood and he uses this uh very cute uh crankshaft uh like uh ladder uh-huh. to, to and he's sort of going up and down. It's it's very it's very fun, it's very well done. He's I love him so much, he's he's my best friend. Uh I I, I yeah, he's <laughs> I love these movies. And also, this movie has, like, a really sweet message about... I think it was kind of an anti-Brexit movie at the time was kind of the idea. But it's just about, like, how these members of the community are valuable and how they... Because Paddington essentially brings together his entire neighborhood and allows them to like in the first movie it's more about the family but in this second movie it's more about the neighborhood around them and how he is just this force that brings he's like a pillar of the community exactly every he brightens everyone's day like in sequence he helps everyone in the community and they all love him and he's like valuable to them and like taking him away and throwing him in prison uh it it leaves this huge hole where people are not they're not as happy and they don't they don't engage or they're forgetting things or they're they don't they're not studying or they're not remembering stuff you know uh it's 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 really I feel like it's not as as obvious of an allegory, but I think it is just as as good of a message in a movie and uh but yeah, it's uh free Paddington, he did nothing wrong, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I love how the parrot knew who did it.
0: the parrot does know, yeah, there is a parrot in the neighborhood that that does know that uh Hugh Grant is guilty very early on, trust the animals <laughs> oh yeah there's a there's an incredible sequence where uh. Paddington's chasing Hugh Grant uh, uh, while riding a dog named Wolfie. Yes. Uh, where, and then he's flying a goose or a swan. It's, it's wild. <laughs> There's a wild chase. Secret. Yeah, the, there are so many, like, I don't think we've touched on visually. These movies are really well done. There are lots of very wonderful visual flourishes. There's, in the first one, there is a scene where it shows the house that they live in, like a dollhouse, mm-hmm. and each character is in uh their respective rooms as they're kind of talking about their deals uh there is many like rube goldberg type machines in these like in the first in uh the first movie the first sequence where they have like their tree houses and the mar- they're creating marmalade in the jungle yeah. and they have all these these machines that they've created there's also the prison escape sequence is 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 amazing <laughs> yeah the Sucket, hot air balloon Yeah, where they not only like the hot air balloon, but where you see them kind of walk through like they're they get up and the prison is like a dollhouse and they get up and they go through the prison and sort of like tracking. It's like a a sideways tracking shot. And it's sort of following them through all these rooms and up and down um, and him through this clock and all these gears. But and then, of course, the the pop-up book sequence is is amazing. It's sort of people I've seen people compare it kind of to the Wes Anderson. I don't know if you've seen how many of I know you saw Moonrise Kingdom because you got the criterion of it. I have not watched it yet, but I will. Oh, all right. Well, let me know if you. If you think Paddington and Paddington 2 have Wes Anderson stylistic flourishes, let us know.
1: (laughs) I did watch, what was it, Fantastic Mr. Fox, though? Okay. So I I definitely see what you're saying because they do a lot of that stuff when they are Mm -hmm. underground, when they're in their home. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely see what you're getting at, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's what people have sort of compared it to. And uh, yeah, I just think they are. You just—it's just you want when you see something that has just been executed on this level, even if it's entertainment for children. Uh, it, it just so you gotta you gotta give it up. You really do because they're they're just wonderful, and they are one of the few good things out of the past few years. (laughs) Yeah. And I will
1: note, I didn't keep putting these off because I thought they were kids movies. It's just, I didn't have that sort of attachment to it. So I was like, okay, you know, it's one of those things I'll get around to. And I am very, very glad that I watched these. And I definitely understand your love for them because I know you've watched each one probably at at least, what, five, six, seven times?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're getting up there. We're we're, we're for sure getting up there uh, with with the with especially Paddington 2. I've watched so many times I'm flipping through I have a they made so they made the pop up book from Paddington 2 and you can buy it and I've been flipping through it as we've been having this conversation. (laughs) It, it, It brings me a lot a lot of a lot of happiness.
1: Yeah. And obviously we have to mention the end where because Paddington had done so much for the community, the community decided to give back to him. And basically they all paid to have his Aunt Lucy come to London. And that moment was so, so good because Paddington is not really aware enough to know what's about to happen, but we see it coming. As soon as they're kind of like all there, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we got you something." Yeah, and
0: he's he's really sad because he has uh, been rescued from this watery grave and uh, been in a coma, and he thinks he's missed Aunt Lucy's birthday, but in reality, they have all come together to bring her to London, and just you the the buildup in this scene, the way it builds to this climactic moment of Aunt Lucy being at the door and giving him this big hug after he spent this whole movie just really just really just anxiously dreading like how he's gonna get this pop-up book for her and how he's gonna miss her birthday and how important it is to him and just that that moment is the emotions in it are are so wonderful and so like as emotional as any genuinely like emotionally affecting sad movie, I feel like. I feel like the climax of Paddington 2 is just perfectly, it's just perfectly executed.
1: Yeah, and I know before we started recording here, I told you we could talk a little about what we think might happen with Paddington 3, because between the first and the second one, it's not like the second one followed immediately after the events of the first Mm -hmm. one. So I'm not 100% sure that they would do that for the third movie, because while it would be really fun to see Paddington and Aunt Lucy going all around London and stuff, they kind of do that at the end there, where you already know where he's going to take her.
0: Yeah, well... I think of it as you've already seen what they're going to do because it shows you in the pop-up book yeah. sequence early on in the movie. So you've already seen the trip they're going to have, but it's giving it to you in this way that you're like, oh, this is a great fantasy sequence, but then it comes true at the end. And that's yeah. what makes it, that's part of what makes it It's it, the impact of that scene uh, so emotional and beautiful is because you've already, you know, experienced this, but it's like, now it's going to happen for real and they don't need to show it to you, you know?
1: So then it makes me wonder, okay, does Aunt Lucy move in? <laughs> Uh, maybe I think it's eh, that. She it's could. not that big. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I don't know if they have room for her. I yeah, I feel like if they do a third one, it would have to. I don't know. My thing, my thinking is that it is Paddington like goes on, needs to go on his own and form his own fa- family. Maybe so. I've seen a lot of people being like Paddington gonna get a girlfriend, and I'm like. I, I saw people pitching that Phoebe Waller-Bridge should be his girlfriend if if that happens. <laughs> but I don't know if Paddington... I don't know if Paddington needs to fuck. I don't know. I don't know if there needs to be a girl bear for him. I don't know. But there is a wonderful article from Brian Grubb on Uproxx.com uh, from last month where he uh, ranks potential future vi- villains for the Paddington movies... Oh, that's fun. Yeah. uh, So I can throw a couple of those, throw a couple of those at you if you want. I have not read this article. Uh, There are 20, there are 20 people on this list. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) The first chunk are your, your Jeremy Irons your Christian Bales, uh, uh, Colin Farrell. And then you got uh, some ladies, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Amelia Clark, Karen Gillan, Daniel Radcliffe would be very fun love daniel radcliffe he was just on hot ones he's one of my favorite actors he's english be fun uh Margot Robbie. be she's always good yeah. uh uh the gallagher's <laughs> the the gallagher brothers <laughs> are on here that's kind of fun that's not gonna happen no but, um, it's not <laughs> uh then the top 10 we've got emily blunt uh cillian murphy Daniel Kaluuya, too scary. I don't know if you've seen Widows, but too scary. (laughs) Uh, Helen Mirren, very, very stately. She's fun. Uh, Jason Statham, also probably too scary slash intense for that. Uh, Top five. Uh, Helena Bonham-Carter, obviously easy. Kind of maybe too similar to Nicole Kidman in in the first one, maybe a little too...
1: Yeah, she could bring her own thing to it, though, I think, for sure.
0: Yeah, then we've got, of course, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton could sure there's any number of she'd probably have to be playing twins I'm guessing in in that or multiple roles <laughs> she would have to be Paddington's girlfriend and the villain I don't know uh Idris Elba would be he's he's pretty they're they're pitching a lot of intense people like yeah. I don't know if Idris Elba and Cillian Murphy and Jason Statham and Daniel Kaluuya I don't know those guys are kind of intense to for Paddington and and then uh, we got Olivia Colman. And sure, that'd be great. Love her. She hasn't been in the franchise yet. And then their number one pick, and this has its own, this a whole own article, is uh, that Tom Hardy is, oh my is the number one <laughs> choice to play a Paddington villain.
1: That would sure be something.
0: Though He would have to be wearing a mask of some yes, kind. Yes, absolutely. I think that's in his, it's in his, uh, it's in his contract, but he does have to do that. So um, that would be that would be very fun. Ah, Paddington. <laughs> I see. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to I'm not going to I can't do voices. I, I famously and shamefully cannot do voices. Uh, I'm not going to do do my Bane voice.
1: <laughs> that sounded like the Bane from the Harley Quinn animated show. So <laughs> I tried watching that show. I don't know if it's for me. I I I, I don't. I, I I'm not sure. That's okay. Paddingtons are for you. Yeah, there is also
0: a Paddington animated show on Nick Jr. I haven't checked it out yet. I've heard it's cute. A little little younger skewing, as probably is, as everyone would be aware of. I'm like, yeah, it's a Paddington thing. It's not like for adults though. Like these movies are obviously no. Um. <laughs> It's for children. It is for the it's for what these movies are for, which is children.
1: Yeah, well, we definitely all have so much to think about as to who will be the villain in Paddington 3. But I think it's safe Can't to wait. say that it might be a bit before we see that movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't I haven't seen anything other than they are developing it. But I haven't seen like, who's directing it, where if it's in production or not if anything is known about it mm-hmm. I just know that they have greenlit it but it, yeah it could be it could be a while it, it really could be especially if like I think Paul King really was kind of the mastermind on these and uh if he's if he's out that's going to be a big uh some big shoes to fill in terms of making future movies
1: yeah absolutely well Mitchell these were really fun to watch so Thank you for telling me to watch them multiple times until I finally did.
0: I am so glad that you finally did. And I am so glad to add another person to Team Paddington. <laughs> I hope that if if one other person listen, watches these movies based on this podcast, my heart will be so full.
1: Well, you'll have to be back on whenever Paddington 3 comes out. Hopefully I'll still be doing this podcast then
0: we will do it release it we will do <laughs> we will hit the midnight screening and we will do a live live immediate reaction podcast review okay. of p3 yeah you 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 can bet you can bet your can bet on, <laughs> on that
1: i'll hold you to that
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: All right, everyone. That does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.